When violent crimes happen in small towns, local people are understandably terrified that a killer is walking amongst them. Is it their neighbour, a friend, or God forbid a family member? Everyone wants to know who the killer is, but in today's case, we must start with trying to figure out who the victim is. Let's uncover the unsolved murder of Sam Doe. Hello and welcome to the 31st episode of Uncover True Crime Podcast. My name is Stephanie and each week we uncover a different unsolved true crime case ranging from missing persons, unsolved murders, Jane and John Doe's and suspicious deaths. You can listen to the podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other podcast streaming apps as well as on YouTube by searching Uncover True Crime. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Uncover underscore pod, on Instagram at Uncover True Crime pod, or you can join the Uncover True Crime discussion group on Facebook. But without any further ado, let's uncover the unsolved murder of Sam Doe. On the 13th of April 1976, Charlie McLeod needed a pump for his septic tank, so he went to an abandoned farm near his own property on the outskirts of Tofield, Alberta, Canada. He opened up the septic tank and was horrified when he saw a body that had been dumped in the tank head first, wrapped in a yellow bed sheet and tied with nylon rope. When the man was found, he was wearing a blue Levi shirt with popper buttons, a grey t-shirt, blue jeans grey woolen socks and brown imitation wallaby boots. Police arrived at the scene and after six hours they were able to remove the body, which they could see had been covered in quicklime. Police believed that this was an effort by the killer or killers to aid in the decomposition of the body. Little did the killers know that when mixed with water, quicklime only causes superficial burning and does little to aid in decomposition. If anything, it preserved the body slightly. Due to where the man was found, he was nicknamed Septic Tank Sam, but as this is in very poor taste, I will refer to him as Sam or Sam Doe going forward. Police knew straight away that the abandoned farm was not the crime scene and only served as a dumping ground, but the exact time Sam died or when he was left in the septic tank is unknown. Police believe that he was there anywhere between three months to one year before being found, but one thing they do know is that it was pure chance he was found at all. Mavis McLeod, the wife of Charlie McLeod, who discovered Sam's body, said, quote, This guy belonged to somebody. Somebody, somewhere, knows what happened. And to think that we haven't gone looking for that pump that day, he may never have been found. Unquote. The medical examiner performed an autopsy on Sam's remains and discovered that before he died, Sam had been the victim of the worst torture the detectives on the case had ever seen. He had been shot at least twice in the head and chest, burned with a blowtorch and cigarettes, and was sexually mutilated to the point where police who removed Sam's body from the tank couldn't tell if the body was that of a male or a female. His body was in an advanced state of decomposition, but the medical examiner was able to determine some of his vital statistics. He was possibly Caucasian, although it is believed he is more likely to have been Native American, or a mixture of both. His age has been a subject of much debate though. Official reports state that he was anywhere between 26 to 32 years old. However, Dr Clyde Snow, who examined his body years later, was adamant that Sam was 35, but I'm unsure why he thought this. Because of this, some reports state he was anywhere between 26 to 40 years old. 
Sam was between 5 foot 5 to 5 foot 7, weighed between 145 and 165 pounds and had a medium build. He had brown hair, his eye colour is unknown and he is thought to be right handed. He had all of his teeth although he did have a few fillings and he had had dental work done recently and his teeth seemed to be in very good condition. His dental records were sent to all the local dentists however none of them identified him as being a patient of theirs. Due to the level of decomposition his fingerprints could not be obtained but his DNA and dental records are both available for comparison. The most intriguing detail released in the autopsy was that he suffered from some kind of illness when he was five years old. I do not know how they know this, what illness it was or how it may have affected him in his adult life. I think that this detail could be crucial in someone recognising him and him finally being identified, so it really does puzzle me as to why the RCMP are being so vague about this detail. Based off the clothing Sam Doe was wearing, it is believed he possibly worked in manual labour and lived a transient lifestyle, so was therefore probably not native to Alberta, Canada. While Sam might not have been in the area long, police believe that his killer or killers were very familiar with Tofield and the surrounding area since they were able to pick such a discreet place to hide his body. As with all murder cases, there is a lot of speculation as to why Sam was killed in such a brutal fashion. Some people believe he was killed by a biker gang, others speculate that he got involved in a drug deal gone bad or perhaps he was a victim of a hate crime. Was he gay or did his killers not like his Native American ancestry and use this as an excuse to torture him? Others believe that due to the sexual mutilation that this was a crime of passion. A lot of people online have theorised that Sam was a sexual predator and the sexual mutilation was an act of revenge or vigilante justice for his crimes and personally I don't think this is fair. We know next to nothing about this man and it's not fair to accuse him of such awful crimes just because of the crime that was committed against him. It is possible that Sam used something his killer wanted to find out, so used torture as a way to extract the information from him. It is also possible that he ran into a complete psycho who just liked torturing and killing people. Whatever the motive, you can be damn sure that this is probably not the only time they have committed such an awful crime, and they never face justice for what they put this man through. Corporal Lamertz commented on the killers saying, quote, They had to be cruel and vindictive. To impose that much pain onto someone who was most likely alive is extremely bizarre. It's amazing what some people will do to other people." Unquote. Over the years, three different forensic anthropologists have created reconstructions of Sam's face, and while many have thought he was possibly their missing relative or friend, they have all been ruled out. While Canada does have a database that profiles missing and unidentified people, it doesn't show rule-outs for John and Jane Doe's the same way that NamUs does, so I am unable to give a full list of all the people we know Sam Doe is not. One person I do know has been ruled out though is Edward Narkand, who went missing on the 8th of June 1975 from Alberta, Canada. The similarity to Sam Doe is striking and while the circumstances surrounding his disappearance and his physical description matches Sam Doe almost perfectly, the biggest inconsistency is that Edward was missing several of his teeth while Sam had all of his intact. And according to web sleuthers who also noticed a strong resemblance, Edward Narcand has been ruled out by DNA as being Sam Doe, although he is still a missing person as of July 2020. 
Dr Owen Beatty, who worked on Sam's case in the past, believes that his murder may never be solved given how much time has passed. In the book CSI Alberta, Skills and Their Secrets, he explained how cases can either be forensically active or historically interesting, and given that Sam Doe would probably be in his 70s if alive today, he thinks that his killers might have already passed away along with any or all of his relatives. While I can understand how many would lose hope with a case like this, cases much older than Sam's are being solved. One case that immediately springs to mind is the Huntington Beach Jane Doe, which is a case I was planning on covering in the next few weeks. She was a Jane Doe for 51 years before being identified as Anita Louise Pichu just a few weeks ago. Her murder is now also considered solved after police revealed that they matched DNA from her rape kit to a Johnny Crisco who died in 2015. While Johnny never faced justice for his crimes, Anita finally has her name back and can be laid to rest. I spoke about Anita's case over on my Instagram, but I wanted to talk about it here too, as it is a great reminder that these cases can be solved no matter how old they are. We need to spread their story because it only takes one person to see Sam's face or hear the circumstances surrounding his case for him to finally be identified. I am now going to quickly run over Sam's vital statistics again. Sam Doe is an unidentified male who was found in a septic tank on an abandoned farm on the outskirts of Tofield, Alberta, Canada on the 13th of April 1976. When found, he was wearing a blue Levi shirt with popper buttons, a grey t-shirt, blue jeans, grey woolen socks and brown imitation wallaby boots. He is thought to be between 26 to 40 years old, was around 5 foot 5 to 5 foot 7 and weighed between 145 to 165 pounds. He was either Native American or Caucasian and suffered from some kind of illness when he was around the age of 5. If you have any tips on Sam's true identity or the circumstances surrounding his death, please call the Tofield RCMP on 780-662-3353 and quote the case reference number which is 2012502446. You can also call Crime Stoppers anonymously on 1-800-222-8477 or contact them via their website at www.canadiancrimestoppers.org forward slash tips. All photos and sources related to today's case can be found on our website uncovertruecrimepodcast.co.uk. That is everything I have for you today. Thank you for listening till the very end. Please stay safe and have a good night.